Welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money and beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. Hello again, and welcome back to the Thriving Design Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here or have you back for another episode. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about so many different things in regards to interior product companies and how they are increasing their brand awareness, whether that be through social selling and equipping their sales teams with those digital tools and digital strategies to better connect with A&D clientele online, or it has been talking about the customer journey or a designer's journey with your brand. So we've been talking about all those things, and I hope that you have been enjoying this third season of the podcast. This has been my favorite season, and I've gotten so much good feedback from those of you who are listening via email and DM and comments on the content that is shared on social media. So thank you for listening. And if you have any thoughts, If you would like to further the conversation, I strongly encourage that you get in contact with me. You can either send me a DM on LinkedIn or on Instagram, or you can go to thriveanddesign.co slash contact and we can start the conversation there. Or if you're just like, I just want to send you an email, Nicole, how can I get in contact with you? You can email me at hello at NicoleLachey.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E-L-A-S-H-A-E.com. In the last episode, we actually talked about two different scenarios of real life interior product companies. And we walked through a little bit about their customer journey and some things that they were struggling with and how those struggles kind of tie into ACE the journey, which is the proprietary method over at Thrive and Design. Last time I made the mistake of naming the companies by letter. And I think this time I learned my lesson and I gave the company some different names so you won't get the company scenarios mixed up with the acronym of ACE the Journey, our proprietary method. So I'm so excited that we have two more scenarios to walk through today in part two of revamping your customer journey with ACE the Journey. And again, as I walk through these scenarios, I want to remind you, these are real companies that I have encountered during my career in the interior design industry. And again, I'm not going to mention any names, but If you're listening and you can relate to the scenarios, again, please reach out. Please contact me. I want to continue the conversation and talk about how ACE Journey relates to your brand and how we can revamp your customer experience. Let's dive into the scenarios for today. The companies that we're going to talk about today are Company Orange and Company Apple. All right, so let's dive in. Company Orange was founded in a European country about five years ago. The founder started by creating interior products by hand. He would go around his city and build relationships with bar and restaurant owners. From there, his interior product company started being showcased in an array of hospitality projects. Company Orange quickly grew and became a luxury brand in a short amount of time. Before you know it, Company Orange had an in-house design team for product development, and a sales team to find new opportunities for specifications. At year five, Company Orange knew that it was time to expand to the U.S. market. 
So they created a pop-up store in New York City to showcase their products. They had lots of PR and parties to get the buzz going in the New York City design industry. But as the pop-up shop was about to close, they hurried to build a U.S. sales team to keep momentum going. They also manufactured their products in different parts of the world, so they needed to navigate imports now that they wanted to expand to the U.S. market. All right, that is the end of the scenario for Company Orange. So let's talk about how Ace the Journey ties into that. And if this is your first time listening, I just want to give a brief overview of Ace the Journey. Ace the Journey is my proprietary method over at Thrive and Design. It's something that I developed in understanding customer journeys or designer's journey with an interior product company. So when you think of acing something, you might be brought back to memories of grade school where you wanted to ace a test and you wanted to get that A or A plus and do your best on that test. And when you think of a journey, I want you to think of a customer journey or a tool called a journey map to map out what that customer journey looked like. So I fused those two things together and called it ace the journey. Because what you really want to do is create the best customer experience possible for a designer that is interacting with your brand, specify your products, and ultimately those products will be procured to be in an interior space. ACE is actually an acronym that proposes three different questions. A, how is your company appearing in the market? C, how is your company consulting designers? And E, how is your company executing the sale? That's just another recap of ACE Journey. And if you want to learn more about this method and how it can apply to your interior product company, I strongly suggest that you either contact me or head over to training.thriveanddesign.co so that you can learn more about this method and we can go from there how we can work together. All right, back to this scenario of Company Orange. How did ACE the Journey tie in to what they were experiencing as an interior product company? So ACE, how were they appearing in the market? For this company, they really mastered the awareness portion of their company. This company relied heavily on PR and social media strategy. This was their biggest strength to really share their brand story, share their differentiating factor of their products so that designers could really understand, okay, this is what we're buying into when we get this product. And not only did they buy into it, they actually delivered on beautiful products high-quality products that could be easily integrated into residential and commercial projects. Okay, so they really had it down, especially when it came to the PR and social media portions of how they were appearing in the market. Now, when it comes to how a brand or an interior product company is appearing in the market, there can be multiple touch points that a designer can have with their brand. And I talk about this as indirect touch points, indirect touch points. Those direct touch points are typically touch points with your brand that include a person, right? So it can include a sales rep. It could be things like project meetings, CEUs, product presentations, so on and so forth. Indirect points of contact in that appearing stage or that awareness stage are things that don't include a person from your brand. So that could be that designer coming across your brand through SEO or social media or maybe a webinar or just stumbling across your company website and shopping your collection through there. When it comes to this specific scenario, this company Orange had a lot of these things in place as well. So they were mastering awareness 
at this point, it was really just about figuring out if the strategy that they were going forth with in the country in Europe where they were based would work well in the U.S. and how to best translate that. So in the last episode, we talked about how might we questions. So for this one, it's like the how might we question would be how might we translate the successful brand awareness strategy from our current country into the U.S. market? All right. So that's that A. C, how are we consulting designers? This company also had a strong business development skill set and mindset to work in their home country. But their weakness was that they didn't solidify how they were going to translate that again to the U.S. market. I don't know too much about how specifications work in Europe, but I imagine that they are very similar to the U.S. market. But since my expertise is in the U.S. market, I want to say this, that the U.S. market is strongly based on relationships, right? And the design process is pretty linear sometimes, for the most part, right? (laughs) In terms of that designer has their client, they go through a design development phase, they go through construction documents, that project goes out to bid. After that goes out to bid, the bid is awarded, and then they start construction. And during that process, different materials are procured, installed in the project, right? So that is a linear project process that happens here in the U.S., and I'm sure it's similar in other markets as well. So if they had this business development mindset in Europe, they needed to go about translating that to the U.S. market, right? What does that mean? What markets, one, were they going to focus on to start in the U.S., right? There's several different major design markets in the U.S., including New York City, D.C., Miami, Chicago, L.A., so on and so forth. So they needed to identify what were the major markets that they wanted to start focusing on. So that how might we question? How might we identify the major markets that we want to focus on in the U.S.? The second part is who was actually going to focus on that, right? So how might we identify top sales reps or top sales managers in these markets to bring on to our team? And then three, How might we develop a sales strategy to really penetrate these markets? And what will it take to really penetrate these markets? Will it be more PR? Will it be uh, marketing materials and getting those into libraries? Will it be more indirect, indirect touch points to really get in front of designers? All of the things. It's a matter of like fleshing out what is that full sales strategy in terms of identifying the market, identifying the sales team that will help you penetrate the market and all the resources and tools necessary to really get in front of designers and make them aware of your brand, the value of your brand, the differentiating factor of your brand, and why they should specify you. And once that happens, then they could further focus on, all right, we have the spec, we have the attention of the designers, now how can we hold that spec? So that would be important in that C, how are they consulting designers? And then E is how are they going to execute a sale? As I mentioned in this scenario, this company manufactures their products in different parts of the world, not only the country where they're located. So they needed to navigate and pretty quickly how they were going to deliver on these new specifications. So they got a lot of buzz from their pop-up shop and all the PR and some designers were already specifying. But now if the project turnaround time was three months, six months, a year, what have you, 
they needed to navigate quickly on how they were going to deliver on the products specified in these projects. So in this, they would need to ask, like, how might we deliver on these products, right? They might need to navigate imports to the U.S. They might need to navigate building relationships with procurement companies or agencies that were going to procure the products needed for whatever projects and whatever verticals they were working in for an interior design project. I'm no expert on imports, but it's really important that I pose these questions and these research questions for these companies to start thinking about, okay, what is our next step? How do we think about this strategically? How do we think outside of the box? How do we apply design thinking to be innovative, to really move forward without any hiccups, or at least with few hiccups? So that is the end of Company Orange in that example. So if you can relate to that, let me know. Feel free to comment on this episode, share with me all of your thoughts, and we can go from there. All right, let's go into the next scenario. Company Apple. Company Apple has been in business for 35 years. It has an array of interior products. If you think of any surface of an interior space, they likely have a product for your specification. This company does a stellar job of landing new collections and creating more than enough sampling to go into design firm libraries across the country. They participate in every major trade show, and when a designer hears the brand name, they automatically know what this brand is about, especially in major markets. Company Apple built its success on relationships and always encouraged the sales team to rely heavily on in-person interactions with specifiers. When the pandemic hit in 2020, they panicked because they could no longer rely on those in-person connections. They scrambled to pivot. They are struggling to navigate the new normal and find new ways to connect with Gen Z and millennial specifiers on and offline. Since they downsized the sales team and don't have coverage in remote areas, they are also looking for new ideas for brand awareness and landing specifications in those areas. All right, so that's company Apple. And this one is near and dear to my heart because I find that a lot of interior product companies scrambled right when that pandemic hit. They were like, oh my gosh, we've been relying heavily on in-person interactions. We've been telling our sales team that sales calls are only face-to-face interactions. Now that that is eliminated, how will we move forward? And now we are in this new normal where specifiers represent Gen Z and millennials who prefer virtual interactions or digital experiences first, not only, but first. And we are likely never going back to the experience of 100% in-person interactions that we had before the pandemic. So if you can relate to that and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, we scrambled, we panicked, we tried to figure something out, but we are still struggling now three years after we started panicking, right? How do we navigate this new normal? This is my jam, right? This is where I love to work in this zone right here. So let's talk about Ace Journey and how it ties into this specific scenario of company Apple. And then I'm going to talk to you about a few other things, especially when it comes to digital first experiences and how you can start thinking about that as well. All right. A, how is this company appearing in the market? 
through traditional touch points, this company is doing great, right? They are participating in all industry events. They are participating in all industry trade shows. They go above and beyond for sampling when it comes to making sure all the new product collections that they come out with has updated sampling and getting those out into the field for design libraries to be up to date. This company kills it when it comes to that. But they struggle with these digital touch points. Now, I will say this company did launch a new website maybe a couple of years before the pandemic hit. So they were a little bit on the move with getting their digital touch points together. But when it comes to digital first experiences, they could improve. So the first thing that this company could think about, one, if digital is not going away, and Zoom presentations are really not going away. What are some things that they can leverage? And I actually talked about this more in depth a couple episodes ago, but I'm going to remind you here today. One is how can they elevate a Zoom presentation or a virtual presentation? It might be creating a virtual mood board based on their designs and incorporating your products into that mood board and then allowing them easy access to click and order the samples from the mood board that you create. I know I have seen a tool like this already developed on Material Bank, and this is not sponsored, right? But I've seen a really amazing tool on Material Bank that already allows reps to do this and present live to their customers or to their designers so that the designer can see the mood board, understand the product, that rep is presenting the product, and then that designer can also easily add that sample to their cart and order it from Material Bank. But you can also create something like this on your own by creating like a PDF mood board or something like that with hyperlinks within it that link to your company website or where they can order your samples, or just ask them in the moment if they were interested in those samples, you can make note of that and order it for them, or drop into their office or wherever they are to hand deliver the sample that they ordered on that call with you. I know I just said a lot really fast, but that's one way that they could elevate a Zoom presentation. Another thing is really leveraging their sales team to social sell. I just heard an amazing statistic the other day that social sellers sell 78% more than reps that don't social sell. And that was a stat by LinkedIn. So if your sales team is not leveraging social selling, they're missing out because they're missing out on easily connecting with Gen Z and millennial designers online. They're missing out on building those authentic relationships and creating and sharing content that adds value to a conversation or adds value to a design project that their clientele is working on. And I could probably go on and on and on about that specific thing when it comes to awareness and how A&E sales reps are leveraging content. And I actually spilled over into the sea of how are you consulting designers on that point. So digital touch points. You want to make sure you include that in your brand awareness and how your sales team is consulting designers and connecting with them. As a reminder, social sellers who are sales reps sell 78% more than their counterparts who are not social selling. So that was really the A and the C. I bled over into both of those there. But then the last one for company Apple is E. How are they executing the sale? 
So this one, I don't even have to go in because this company was killing it on all fronts. This company actually structured their sales teams to have two reps, basically that cover the spec and the close of the sale. So say for instance, the spec started in New York, they had a spec rep, but that project was located in LA. So that spec rep would add the LA rep to the project opportunity and make sure that they foster collaboration throughout the project, especially when that project is going out to bid, especially when the bid is awarded, and especially when they are getting close to the purchase date. So there was ongoing collaboration between the spec rep and the closing rep throughout that project to make sure that all information was shared, lives of communication were open between all parties, both internally and the parties that were included on that construction project and the design project. And then when that project closed, those two reps are able to share the commission of that sale as well. Not only that, this company is killing it because they have direct distribution for most of their products in the U.S. So they're able to easily ship to anywhere in the U.S. They also can easily ship internationally and they just have streamlined processes internally with all of their processes, with all the departments and how they communicate and work together. E, this company was killing it, okay? This company can teach a masterclass on how to execute a sale. So those were our two scenarios of Company Orange and Company Apple. And I hope that you took something from this today and you're like, hmm, I can relate to that. Or maybe you thought, hmm, I'm still struggling in terms of how we're going to navigate this new normal and how we're going to connect with millennial and Gen Z designers on and offline. And I want to figure out, you know, what we can do. All right. This is my invitation to schedule a call with me, schedule a consultation with me, and we can go over how we can work together. I work with interior product companies in two main ways. One, it's a customer journey audit and strategic planning. So we might go through all parts of ACE journey, that A, C, and E. We might talk and we discover that we really just need to focus on one of those parts together. And we'll audit that journey and then synthesize the findings and create a strategic plan for how you can move forward. The second way that we can work together is like, okay, maybe we discover that you have your journey down packed, except for when it comes to social selling and equipping your sales reps to be amazing social sellers so they can start selling 78% more than anybody out there who's not social selling. So then in that regard, we can work together through training series or through support and implementation for your sales team to really create content or aggregate content easily, share online and connect with designers online. So I have a few different ways that we can work together in that regard. But Long story short, we'll get a customized proposal together after we hop on a call to understand your interior product needs. So if you want to schedule a call, you can head over to thriveanddesign.co, scroll all the way down to the bottom and schedule a consultation there again, or you can send me an email, hello at nicolashay.com, and I'll send you the calendar link so we can find a time that works best for the two of us. All right, that is all I have for you all today. I hope you enjoyed part one and part two of revamping your customer journey with Ace the Journey and these amazing scenarios that we walked through over the last couple of weeks. I can't wait to talk to you soon and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive in Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive in Design 
And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveindesign.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week. Thank you.